Hey guys, welcome to Hot, Rich and Magnetic Podcast. This is the very first episode of this new rebrand of my podcast. I'm very excited because I'm about to bring to you a whole new level of stories and tips and how I have gotten to where I am, all the things that have happened in the last few months in my life. This is going to be super entertaining and interesting and sometimes very shocking. Today, I want to start by telling you more details about my story because I have shared parts of my story. Like a lot of you that know me, you know that I came from Cuba hiding in the engine room of a boat and that I landed here in Florida 22 years ago. Is it 22? No, it's 21 years ago. It's going to be 22 next year in February. So a lot of you know that, but you don't know a lot of other details because I've shared them and I don't expect everybody to like listen to every episode and watch every video and like read every post on my Instagram. So I'm going to tell you in this first episode of the rebrand of this podcast, my story in a different way. I'm going to share things that I've never shared publicly before. So get ready and grab a glass of wine because this was going to be good. This was going to be shocking. So I was born in Havana, Cuba in 1978. Cuba, if you know a little bit about what's happening in the world, it is ruled by a communistic regime. It started in 1959 with Castro when he did a coup d'etat on the president that they had and uh, took over. And it's still happening. It is 2022. So in the 90s, in 19, I believe it was in 1989 when uh, communist Soviet Union collapsed. And all of the subsequent communistic countries around it, like the, the Berlin Wall and everything else, also collapsed. We went into a big, deep depression, economic depression in Cuba, where things were already bad. They got way worse. And I had, I remember I had holes in my shoes, the same shoes that I was wearing for years, where I had to put scotch tape in the bottom of my shoe so that it wouldn't get uh, the rain through the shoe and I wouldn't get my feet wet while I was going to school because Cuba is similar to Florida, very tropical, so it rains almost every day. And I remember later also buying a pair of sandals that took so much work to put together $17 to get these sandals. And... Besides breaking my feet apart and me having to get calluses to get used to them, because that's the only pair of shoes I had, there was one of them, I believe it was the right foot, that it would twist to the right. Uh, the sandal had, um, it had stri- strips uh, to, uh, they were horizontal from left to right, and also from, there was one that was from top to bottom. Well, the top to bottom one was always moving to the right and causing pain and it would just look weird. So I remember putting scotch tape in the bottom of it. And it was just, that was just, that's just the shoes. I mean, we had no shampoo, no access, forget about conditioner for your hair. If we had no shampoo, imagine conditioner, no access to tooth, toothpaste, no access to deodorant, um, no access to any type of soap or detergent to do laundry. So it was a privilege to have a, a 
uh, tube of toothpaste to, to find it, to even find it, let alone being able to afford it. So uh, the, the things, the trauma that that causes somebody and the belief system that that, that, that makes somebody have when it comes to finances, when it comes to money, when it comes to trusting the universe to provide for you, that, that right there alone, that alone, without me telling you any, anything, any more trauma of my childhood, that alone will fuck anybody up in the head when it comes to money. And they'll go to any country, any country that they go to, they're still going to be struggling financially because they do not know that they can be rich. They, they could hear it. They could even do affirmations about it. But subconsciously, their brain has been synapsing the same belief system for so many years that it has to be completely rewired for them to get anywhere. And maybe you weren't born in Cuba, but maybe you heard some stuff when you were a child that created your current belief system about money, and it shows in your habits, and it shows in your bank account. Really, it shows in your bank account. Now, that doesn't mean that whatever's in your bank account determines your worth. I'm not talking about worth here. I'm talking about belief systems about money. So moving on. So all of this is happening in my teenage years. When you're a child, you don't know, you don't know the difference between freedom or not freedom. You don't know about, you don't understand uh, freedom of speech. You don't have access. Back then we had no internet. So it's not like we had access to what was happening in the world as children. There was no cell phones back then or anything like that. So we had no access to the real world, right? We were locked in this island. We weren't allowed to leave. And we were just believing whatever we were told. And I remember my little sister one time crying because she wanted to eat flan, which is a very delicious custard dessert that we have. And my mom saying to her, honey, I cannot cook, bake a flan for you because we have no eggs and we have to wait until next month that the government is going to give us six eggs per person. Maybe I'll take a couple eggs out of that and make you a flan, okay? And I remember my little sister's face looking at her like, she must have been five years old, maybe six. She looked at her like, what? You know, like, and the sadness in her face of like, wow, I can't, I have to wait until next month for some government to give me six eggs. So, yeah. So then... When I'm, when I turned 21, and this was in 1999, and maybe my math is a little off, but I believe I I might have turned 20, 21 at that at that point. I met a man. Okay, I was working at a at a restaurant as a bartender, but I wasn't really like a full on bartender. I was at the service bar, and I was making like basic drinks like mojitos and whatever rum Collins or Cuba Libre, and very easy drinks to make for the people in the restaurant. And there was a big bar uh, next door that belonged to, to our restaurant too. So, <clears throat> so I'm in this little bar and this man walks up to me and says, Hey, can I have a Bloody Mary? And I said, I didn't know what the hell he was saying. I spoke very little English. So I said, uh, I don't have that beer. And he started laughing. <laughs> he said, Okay, I'll have a beer. So I gave him a cristal, I think it was. And he just stood there and stared at me. 
and we started talking and with my broken English, we started talking and this was November, 1999. This man was back there in Cuba in December. This man was a foreigner from the United States and he went to see me in December and uh, this was December 31st. So the last day of the year by New Year's, we're going out, we're having a conversation and then we meet, you know, we, we begin a relationship that turned romantic right away. I had never in my life at that point had a man treat me so well. And I'm not talking about the money. I am talking about the attention, the love, the romance, the way he looked at me, the way he, he touched my face, everything. I mean, this man was adorable to me, adorable. And, um, this was, this was, to me, all of it was new. The type of treatment that I was getting. Because Cuban men, yeah, you could find them Cuban men that are, that are very romantic. and adorable, but, but Latino men in general are very, are very macho and very fucking disrespectful in general to the female uh, gender. So, <clears throat> and if you're a Latino man and you're listening to this, don't take offense this doesn't have to be you. This is just in general as a culture. Latino men don't respect women as much. Yeah, they treat them like they're below them. And this man was a an American man, and he was treating me different. But on top of that, on top of that, let's be fucking honest here. On top of that, this motherfucker was a millionaire or is, and he had he had a, access to a lot of money. He was a very wealthy businessman, and of course. He began to little by little give me money, me and my family, and we began to have a better life. So that helped too, okay? I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I didn't care about anything else. I just cared that he was romantic. No, I cared about the whole fucking thing. He was good to me. He was good looking to me. He smelled really good. He was extremely intelligent. His his um, character and the way that he... We interacted with each other and our, our chemistry was powerful. And I'm a very bossy Latina, very fiery woman. And he brought a lot of balance to me because he's a very strong masculine man. So that's what I needed. That's what I wanted. And it happened to be someone from the U.S. And it happened to be someone with a lot of fucking money. So he, him, him and I started talking about how in the world... He was going to bring me to the United States because living over there was not something that that I wanted, right? I didn't want to stay there, and also he wanted me here as well so that we could have an easier life instead of him having to go to Cuba every month. So we talked about it, and he decided to bring me to, bring me to the Bahamas first um, because we couldn't, we couldn't figure out how the hell we were going to get out of get me out of Cuba. We, we hadn't thought that far ahead yet about the whole boat thing. So he brings me to the Bahamas and this is my first time ever out of Cuba. So everything looked so beautiful and colorful to me. And of course he brings me to Atlantis. Back then, 22 years ago, Atlantis was way, way better than it is now. 22 years ago, it was new. It was high end. And I was, I was, I, (laughs) I will never forget my reaction to the beauty and the smell of that hotel. And just, I was in awe. I was like this little girl that was just, that just got 
to Disney for the first time, you know, even though I was 21 or 22. And he brings me there, and then um, there's one more thing that happened that I don't know if I should say publicly, but I got to see the life outside of Cuba. And then I went back to Cuba, and I still had my job. I hadn't quit my job. I didn't want to not work. If there's something I like to do is to fucking work, and I could outwork anybody. I could outwork anybody. I'm a hard worker. So... And I say it with pride. A lot of people are into, this is a segue, a lot of people are into this whole feminine movement of like, oh, it doesn't have to take hard work. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, okay? I know that y y a lot of you are allergic to the word hustle and the word uh, fucking uh, uh, work hard and hustle and, and uh, sacrifice. I know you're, you're allergic to those words because you want to... You, you found a way to attract and I did too. I found a way to attract money in, in from energetic, energetic standpoint. And I will actually leave a resource in here for you, for you guys to, to purchase if you want, because there is a way, there are ways, but also life takes work and whether it is actual physical work or whether it is you sitting on your computer and creating content and also, the, when, you, when it comes to your inner work, working uh, hard at uh, every day, at, like meditation and looking within, that's hard work, you guys. Like healing is hard work. You got to go in there and look within. Every day, you got to stay on top of your subconscious reprogramming. Every day, you got to stay on top of your thoughts. Every day, you got to face your fears like, I don't know what people are talking about but anyway going back to the subject I went back to Cuba and I kept working he never said a word to me he didn't he never he never wanted to take that from me even though guys I had enough money at this point to stop working and like not ever have to work again in Cuba but I liked it you know I liked going to work but things began to be different for me because having been outside of the country already Going back to work was a little tougher for me because um, everything just seemed different and dirty and like I just was ready. I was ready to get the hell out of the the hell out of that country, and so I worked. And then one day he's like, "Baby, you know we're getting you out of here. You don't have to go. You don't have to do this anymore." Because I was working sixteen-hour days, you guys. I was working sixteen-hour fucking days and sometimes I would get sick I remember being sick with a fever and having a throat infection several times and I still would get up in the morning and be there at eight in the morning and work so I'm preparing you know prepare the bar and all that and then leave at midnight so you know when people hear you know when people when people is another segue oh fuck when people are born here you know this white white male or male men you know white men were born here in america and they complain i'm like the fuck do you know what the fuck do you know about stress and struggle you don't know shit okay get your shit together and stop complaining and being a fucking victim you know anyway so i stopped working and one day we did we planned it and i hid in the engine room of the boat and we we came to the United States. I'm already sensitive to motion. 
And um, it happened to be that that morning they announced the storm and this, the waves were from six to eight feet. And uh, you can just imagine the shit, the shit, the shit storm, the shit show in there. Um, we leave. Um, and when I arrived to the Florida area in Florida, my body was full of bruises. I was like, oh, what the hell? I lost like five pounds from throwing up everywhere. So I began my life here. And I had beautiful, beautiful few years with him. We decided to split. That's another whole nother story for a completely separate book. Like I need to make this a soap opera. But I need to make it a, a novel in a book and then a soap opera because it was intense. But we're still friends. We're still friends. Actually, we, we talk often. And uh, I want to make sure that, he, that he's okay. And he always wants to make sure that I'm okay. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And, and he changed my life. And then I was able to bring my family. So I will always be grateful. But first few years, all good. But I started to notice, okay, that I was always, that I always had this underlying sadness. And later it became stronger and stronger. And, and I realized it was depression, but I realized that, that I had always been depressed, that I had been depressed since I was a little girl, that this was just a very familiar emotion. And with the years, what was a little bit of anxiety and nervousness, nervousness here and there became um, anxiety, you know, it became full on fucking anxiety and, and it got worse and worse with the years. And I was always like, you know, could it be that I'm in a new country? Could it be that I left my family? Could it be that, you know, that I'm going through this or that? Cause you could, you could always blame something. But then I realized, no, it's me. I've always been like this. I always, I've always had this depression, like always present. And I've always masked that depression with humor and smiles and being a sunshine little thing. But inside of me, I was not okay. I was not okay. And then time went by. I started my my entrepreneurial life in the network marketing industry. And I loved it. It changed my life. And then, uh, and it taught me a lot of personal growth and all that. And then... Um, I got married, um, and again, I was like, why the fuck do I feel like this? Like, I have no problem in my life. I have everything, everything that I've always wanted. Why do I feel like this? So years went by, and um, not that long ago, and you guys know the story, if you follow me for a little bit, I decided to try ayahuasca in 2020 because I had gotten to a point in my life where that was the only solution at that point that I that I felt like I needed, that I, that I felt that I that I that could help me because I tried the church thing. Church helped a little bit, but the church doesn't have the resources to really dig into your subconscious mind. And if anybody stands in front of me and tells me that you don't need to dig in your subconscious mind, that you could just heal, whatever. I, I I wouldn't even like I wouldn't even fucking listen to that. But the church didn't really help. The, I did some unconventional healing, like the whole, uh, the whole uh, energy healing. It's not conventional, but back then it really wasn't that conventional. That didn't help. And 
I tried all the things. I tried the conventional therapy. That didn't, that helped. I mean, it helps because you got somebody to talk to, but it doesn't really fucking get to the root of anything. And conventional therapy will tell you that you will always be traumatized, that you will always be depressed, that it's just a mental illness. So I never took medication for anything, by the way. I never did. I'm not saying to you to take it or not take it. Uh, but I never, I chose not to because it comes with a myriad of side effects that I didn't want to deal with. Plus, that wasn't going to get to the root anyway. So uh, I decided to try ayahuasca and I began to see why I was having the symptoms of depression and anxiety. And holy shit, the things that happened to us in childhood, some of us, and that we have stored in our subconscious, very well put away, um, are the explanation of our fucking problems. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, I did 10 ayahuasca ceremonies in one and a half years. 10. Because I was that, I, I, I needed it. I was that messed up. I just needed, I, I just, and it, they were useful to me. It's not like you go in and out and you're like, oh, I don't know what the hell that was for six hours. No, I knew what the hell it was for six hours. I was there present for six hours toiling laboriously through every trauma and forgiving right then and there because ayahuasca is like forgive 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 him right here okay i forgive i forgive i forgive myself and crying and crying and i did this 10 times and it changed my life why because when i got out of the ayahuasca i hired a doctor that was specialized on helping people that come out of plant medicine ceremonies with all the myriad of fucking list of trauma and they, he helps you. He's trained for that. And I hired this man and he helped me for a whole year. We talked and a lot of times I was like, I don't want to forgive. I do not want to forgive. Fuck him. I don't want to forgive him. No, no. And he would, I don't know. He's, he's got his way to talk to me and help me. And little by little, I forgave. Now there's a school of thought out there that, you don't need to forgive anybody. The only people, person you need to forgive is yourself. If you believe that, that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. But when you forgive yourself and then you sit there and you forgive all of the people that, that, uh, that hurt you greatly, you become free. You become truly free. You don't carry any bitterness. And you know that unforgiveness and bitterness and all of that could cause later diseases and cancers and uh, arthritis and things like that. So I chose to forgive myself and forgive them and understand that it goes deeper than that. Understand that we choose our parent, parents, we choose our life, and these people are put in our lives to teach us something, to teach us something. So I chose to look at it that way. You can look at your stuff in different ways if you want to. Was it right what they did? No. No, of course not. But am I going to sit here and be that little girl that got abused for the rest of my fucking life? No. I got better things to do with my life. I got people to help. I got places to enjoy. And I want to be happy. And for me to be happy, I need to forgive. I need to move on. I need to accept it. And that's it. So I did that. 
Um, I'm still, you know, I, I still have things to forgive, of course. I still carry some anger with me, of course. It shows in different occasions for different things. It shows, I, I, I get triggered with people when people try to condescend me. Um, I get really triggered and I become a little fiery little demon, you know, like, ah, don't, don't, don't be condescending to me because I will remind you of the witch that lives in me. <laughs> so, you know, don't, don't patronize me that something still trigger me. Of course, I'm not perfect. I think this is a journey that will last forever. will never arrive, which is fine with me, but I'm way better. I don't, I don't get anxiety attacks anymore. I don't get, um, I don't get depression anymore. I, when I get, when I get to a point where I know that this could be the beginning of, of depression, where I'm going to be in a deep hole of depression. I know myself already. I'm very self-aware. I always was self-aware, but I'm even more now. I, I take care of it. I nip it in the butt right away. I'm like, okay, what is it? What is it? Cause I'm very aware of my emotions, my feelings and my thoughts. So my businesses before they, they, you know, I, I did what I did. I, I, I I was successful, I would say. You know, I made I made money, I I made some moves here and there, or whatever. And I was very, uh, I, I was working hard. Okay, we we talked about this, but now, now I, after all of the plant medicine, and by the way, I also decided to do bufo, which is the toad. And holy shit, like this is for another podcast episode. Oh my god. Oh my God, I've done six or seven of those. And I cannot, like, woo, like you need to read about this. I have, I, I cannot explain to you. It's like Bufo only lasts 20 minutes and it's, it's like a whole ayahuasca experience in 20 minutes and it gives you the highlights that you would have gotten in ayahuasca. But it's not fair to ayahuasca for me to talk like this because the medicine, ayahuasca, ayahuasca is like it's a longer period it's six to eight hours and it's a different completely different energy and medicine that speaks to you differently and talks to you in in pictures and it is just different buffo is a different monster completely but after all of this okay because you're probably like get to the point get to the point that might see after all of this i have concluded that what messes us up in life is the meaning that we give to things. The trauma that happened, the things that happened when you were a child and you were a teenager and then an adult, and the things that keep fucking happening to you, they, they're happening, okay? All right, there's no doubt. But it's your perception and the meaning you're giving to it what's fucking you up, okay? Period. And... When we learn to not make it mean anything about us, when we go back and we dig all the trauma and we, little by little, make it conclude, give, tell ourselves that this, none of that meant anything about us, that we do matter, that we are lovable and all of that. We, our businesses have nowhere to go but up. Our health has nowhere to go but get but better our mental health, our physical health. 
our relationships have nowhere to go except to get better. Do you know what I'm saying? It's the meaning we're giving to things. Yeah, people are assholes. Yeah, some people are narcissistic abusers. You step away. When it comes to abuse, you step away. But when we live life from a victim standpoint, we are miserable. We're miserable. We're unhappy. We don't know why we keep attracting shit. We don't know why we keep attracting betrayal. But when we live our lives from the vibration of, I, get, I have the freedom and the power to give the meaning that I want to give to things, and I'm not a victim, and I am powerful, you take your power back. And now when you do your business, when you work your business, you work it from a completely different location vibrationally. Imagine that you vibrate, all of our vibrations, there are unlimited amount, right? Infinite amount of vibrations that we could be in at one point. Imagine that they all have different locations. When you begin to heal, your location changes vibrationally. And the way you speak attracts different people. The way you write attracts different people. People start signing up for your stuff. People start buying your stuff. If you have an Etsy store or whatever, people will buy from there. People will feel your shift. And, and your relationships will get way better. People that are supposed to fall off out of your life will fall out. You're going to speak more assertively because now you're healed. Because you did the work. The work is daily, you guys. This is never going to stop. The work is daily. But it gets easier. And you become happier. And yeah, you have your moments of anger. You'll have your moments of sadness. Of course, that's normal. You'll have your anxiety when it comes to business or relationships or your kids. That's normal. That's normal. To, to, to attempt to live a life that has no episodes of anxiety is futile because you will have them and then you'll feel like a failure and you'll give it a meaning. Don't give anything a meaning. Just live your life without giving things a meaning about you. Find out what your core wounds are. Like one of my core wounds was, I do not matter. And I shouldn't say was, is, it is. And I have to live my life making sure that I am the first number one person in my life that I matter because that is my core wound and it could get triggered with certain things. Does that make sense? So find all these things out for yourself. I'm not saying go do plant medicine, but I am kind of saying you need to do something. You know what I'm saying? You need to do something that is, that goes farther than the church or conventional therapy I, in one ayahuasca, I remember in one ayahuasca, I got 20 years of therapy in five hours. Because we went through a lot, a lot of trauma. It was one after the next. This happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And you remember this? Well, this happened here. And by the way, I didn't make any of that shit up because my mother has been able to corroborate everything. She remembered when she picked me up that day, and then when she picked me up from the other 
She remembers everything. There is one trauma only that I have not been able to corroborate with anybody because nobody was there. And I was already older. And you know what? I'm happy, actually, <clears throat> that nobody knows because some things are not meant to be repeated. Some things are meant to just go to the grave with you. And I forgive this person anyway. So, um, yeah, I hope that this episode has been useful to you. Um, not just entertaining, but actually useful to you. And I love you. And what a fucking way to open. <laughs> what a way to open my new podcast of Hot, Rich, and Magnetic. I'm going to leave in here the resources a link for a class that I made, that I did earlier this year called Conversations with Money. Because a lot of you <clears throat> struggle to make it, and then a lot of you struggle to continue to make it. So a lot of you make it, you make a big chunk, you make 30 grand, 40, 50 grand, and then you have, and then you don't, you don't make it again. And this class will help you with consistency and it'll, you know, show you what I do to maintain the influx of money in my business that I have and to get into a very sweet and special and beautiful frequency with money where money is not an estranged friend, it's my best friend. It's an energy that loves me and protects me and wants to come to me and always wants to replenish itself. I want to help you out with that. The, the class is super inexpensive, especially for what you get. So I'm going to leave that link below and... You guys know, follow me on Instagram at Damaisi, Facebook, and I'm going to begin to post videos for YouTube again, and uh, that should be fun. That should be fun and exciting, and as soon as I start, I'll let you guys know. But I love you, and hopefully uh, this was uh, of use to you, and I will talk to you soon.